This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, September 29th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. John McCain and Barack Obama have put their first presidential debate in the books, but for all their attempts to draw distinctions from one another, their similarities may be among their more troubling qualities. Chris Preble, the Cato Institute's Director of Foreign Policy Studies, comments. Russia, Iraq, and and Pakistan uh, really went to the heart, I think, of some key differences between uh, McCain and Obama, and also some key similarities that each candidate really tried to deny. Right? Could you describe some of those? Well, I think the similarities are are interesting. Um, McCain tried to knock uh, Obama's uh, suggestion last year, which which in, which at the time did engender a lot of criticism that the United States should uh, engage in hot pursuit over the border if uh, we had evidence of Pakistani of, of al-Qaeda operating in Pakistani territory and attacking troops in Afghanistan. Um, McCain uh, knocked that as naive, uh, even though, of course, the Bush administration has explicitly adopted that policy and publicly adopted that policy within the last few uh, months. Uh, obviously, is a, it is a risky strategy. It, it uh, engenders a lot of criticism from the Pakistani uh, officials, Pakistani government, um, and the use of force, frankly, isn't much supported even in Afghanistan. Uh, President Kar- Karzai has criticized the use the use of force that leads to civilian casualties, and that's the danger of of these kind of hot pursuit missions. But but the bottom line is that uh, Obama's, if you take McCain seriously, that such such proposals are not. Uh, are not wise or are somehow naive, then he's criticizing the Bush administration as much as he is criticizing Senator Obama. On Russia, I think that there is not as much difference between Senator Obama and Senator McCain as either of them would like you to believe. Both support NATO membership for Georgia and Ukraine. Both believe, apparently, that by offering NATO membership to these two countries, that that would have deterred Russian uh, aggression in the case of the uh, war in Georgia over South Ossetia and Abkhazia in August. Uh, they believe that that a similar pledge of support uh, for Ukraine would deter Russian pressure in various forms, both economic and military, on Ukraine. Of course, the difference is in Ukraine that the, the, the public in Ukraine is, is bitterly divided over NATO membership with roughly half or, or more opposed to NATO membership. Uh, there's much more support inside of Georgia for being admitted into NATO. But neither President, neither Senator McCain nor Senator Obama, uh, ex- explains or is willing to entertain the possibility that that deterrent will fail. And then, what are they, as president, prepared to do to defend our pledge uh, under Article Five of NATO, which is kind of the big. Uh, difficult question for any advocate for NATO expansion. This goes back to the expansion that occurred in late 1990s in the second round in, in the in the Bush administration. Um, the key difference remains Iraq has been Iraq. It is what differentiated Senator Obama from many politicians, of course, in uh, October 2002 when uh, he, even though he was not in the Congress at the time, uh, spoke out against the war and and proved quite prescient. He predicted correctly that the war would be far more costly than the advocates predicted. He uh, predicted that there was no uh, realistic or or meaningful exit strategy, which has proved accurate. Uh, He uh, suggested that there were opportunities to contain Iraq short of war, and I think that was the right 
the right call. And, and Senator McCain uh, has not backed away one iota from his initial support for the war. And in the debate, came back over and over again, not just to the question of what to do in the future and knocking Obama for his criticism of the surge, but also defending his support for the war in Iraq and suggesting that if uh, presented with a similar set of facts in the future, he would do the same thing as it applies to the future. I think that Jim Lehrer asked the the right question, the perfect question with respect to what are the lessons of Iraq. And John McCain very clearly articulated the, this was a good idea, poorly executed point of view. Whereas most Americans, even many Americans who supported the war at the outset, believe that this was a bad idea, poorly executed. And that really is the crux of the debate. Um, Senator Obama has one advantage over a lot of other politicians, including his vice presidential candidate, Joe Biden, in that he did oppose the war publicly. Um, he, of course, didn't have an opportunity to cast a, a vote because he wasn't in the Senate at the time. But I think it's pretty clear that had he been there, he uh, he would not have supported the war. And I think that the lessons that those two men, McCain and Obama, take away from the war in Iraq tell us a lot about how they would conduct foreign policy uh, in their presidency. John McCain believes that the war in Iraq was the right thing to do, and that if he had been president, as opposed to George Bush, that the war would have been conducted better, that there would have been greater success, uh, and that uh, we would not be in the in the position we are today. Senator Obama, I think, believes exactly the opposite, that if given the choice, he would have chosen not to go to war in uh, 2003, uh, and therefore this would not have been a question about you know, debating strategy and tactics. It would have been a, it a question of whether or not to, to start the war in the first place. There was sort of an interesting exchange in the debate about saber-rattling. Mm-hmm. McCain talked about, uh, quoted George Schultz and said, uh, you shouldn't aim a gun unless you're prepared to pull the trigger. Right. Um, but he was talking about aid to Pakistan, he wasn't talking about, uh, he wasn't referring, right. of course, to his own comments about Iran. Right. Uh, again, this is a situation, the question about Iran, I, I think there there are not as great differences between Senator Obama and Senator McCain as they might like you to believe, although I do think that, that all the factors being equal, Senator McCain's statements and, and, and attitude towards Iran is uh, slightly more confrontational, slightly less inclined to uh, engagement or negotiation of any t- any kind, believing that uh, punitive sanctions are likely, perhaps, to lead to Iran's decision to 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 halt their nuclear enrichment program, and if that fails, uh, Senator McCain is on record as saying that the only thing worse than war with Iran is a nuclear Iran. So he is on record as saying that if it was a choice between uh, accepting, uh, you know, grudgingly accepting a, a nuclear armed Iran or war with Iran, that he would choose war. And, and this is this is the one kind of concrete policy proposal, notwithstanding his rather snide, uh, off-the-cuff remarks about, about war with Iran, you know, singing Bomb Bomb Iran to the tune of the Beach Boys' Barbara Ann, or uh, suggesting that, you know, uh, uh, greater uh, cigarette smoking in Iran would lead to more Iranians dying from, from cigarette smoking. These kinds of off-the-cuff remarks really do suggest a, uh, a deep hostility towards the Iranian regime that would not 
incline him to negotiations of any kind, of any kind, not, and they can debate what Senator Obama meant in terms of high-level negotiations, whether that was face-to-face across the table from President Ahmadinejad, um, but what what the, the real issue is, would a, a McCain administration support even the mid-level negotiations that the Bush administration has supported with the Iranians, both in Iraq with the Iranian ambassador in Iraq and and Ryan Crocker, the U.S. ambassador in Iraq, on uh, you know n- debate, uh, negotiating specifically Iran's role in Iraq, but also uh, Undersecretary Burns, William Burns's meeting in Vienna earlier this summer with Iranian officials to talk about the nuclear program. So would Senator McCain support similar negotiations? Uh, it seems uh, that he is not inclined to do that, and I think. Senator uh, Obama is on record that he that he would support at least that, if not something at an even higher level. You know, even while uh, McCain during the debate was talking about getting spending under control, of right. course, he was not referring to defense spending. In right. fact, he singled out uh, separated defense yes. spending when he was talking about it. Right. Uh, but Obama sort of projects, I think, uh, perhaps a, a better understanding of the U.S. constraints abroad. When Senators McCain and Obama were asked very specifically by Jim Lehrer what the impact of this proposed $700 billion bailout would have on their uh, various domestic spending initiatives and elsewhere, I think that Obama uh, understood uh, the constraints on American actions abroad more broadly than perhaps Senator McCain did. Obama talks a lot about America's image abroad and counts that as one of the costs that we have paid over the past five or six or seven years, for example, when the, the, the justifications for the war in Iraq proved to be completely uh, erroneous. Um, when you get down to specifics, and, and Senator McCain would like very much for people to, to see him as fiscally responsible and fiscally prudent and and less inclined than Senator Obama to initiate a whole range of new domestic spending programs. Um, he he is a bit more specific, but his but my concern is that his numbers don't really add up. First of all, he said that he would support a freeze of federal spending, with the exception of defense, veterans' benefits, and entitlements, which actually doesn't leave all that much. Um, his one very specific proposal for constraining defense spending was uh, this elimination of cost-plus contracts. Now, they didn't ask the question to Senator Obama. I suspect that he wouldn't be opposed to that either. But if you look just at that one line item in the defense budget, the procurement loosely construed in the 2009 budget, it's about $183 billion. So let's just imagine that the elimination of these cost-plus contracts, that's where a contractor is assured a certain profit, regardless of what, he actually, what, what it actually costs to produce it. Uh, let, let's just assume that that this kind of reform would save 10% or $18 billion a year in defense. Uh, well, that is less than two months in Iraq. Uh, and I think it kind of those kind of statistics put these numbers into perspective. It's like, what exactly do you expect to save by in, implementing this one very specific um, uh, one very specific proposal. Again, not that I'm opposed to it. I just think it, it doesn't get you very far. On the other hand, Senator McCain is also supportive of uh, a very dramatic increase in the size of the uh, the military, the, both the conventional army and the Marine Corps. 
Uh, by my figures, the the Bush administration proposed to increase the Army and Marine Corps by about ninety two thousand, which would cost over a six year period about one hundred and eight billion dollars or so. John McCain would increase the forces an additional one hundred and fifty thousand troops. So, if you assume that the GAO statistics are are accurate, then McCain is proposing uh, increases, uh, cost increases, just in the one proposal that he's put forward on increasing the Army and Marine Corps that would dramatically dwarf any savings that he would he would recoup from eliminating these cost plus contracts. So I think that while, and, and, and in fairness, Senator McCain has not committed to cutting the defense budget. He has, he has only talked about his willingness to challenge particular line items in the defense budget that are grossly uh, uh, wasteful. The, the example that he likes to tout that he touted in the debate was of the, um, the Boeing tanker deal, which was a you know, which is a gross abuse of taxpayer funding and whatnot, but he's uh, held himself out as the great uh, uh, defender of taxpayers. But the the sum total of his proposals with respect to the defense budget, I think, would be vastly greater than whatever savings he could recruit recoup by being a um, you know a fiscal hawk on a on a case by case basis. Chris Preble is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the recent Cato analysis, Learning the Right Lessons from Iraq, available for download at cato.org.